Welcome to the official podcast of Comics Beer and Sci-Fi. Brought to you by Evil Ideas, Greco Printing and Imaging, Comics Wellspring, Grand River Ballroom, and Shorty Bell's Pizza. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And follow Comics Beer and Sci-Fi on all your favorite social media apps. Now, on with the show! All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi Podcast. And it's not just any episode, it's the 100th episode of our podcast. And joining me today, I have three of the original four members of the show that were on that very first ever podcast back almost 10 years ago, back in August of 2014. Why don't you guys, uh, since this is all audio version, why don't we uh, go around the horn? Everybody can introduce themselves. Go ahead, Brad. You kick us off. I am, as they say, the Bradcast. Happy to be here. How's it been going, Brad? It's been a while since we've all been together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least not since uh, the the fall Comic-Con, as I recall. I missed a few for uh, a number of reasons. Kobe Smulders. Kobe Smulders. Um, Lieutenant Hill is, has a, has a, uh, a, a pop mystery podcast and it is spectacular. She is, she really is very talented and it's now, a very like good a, script. Is it like a radio drama where they're acting yes. it all out? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, it's a full cast. It's a full cast It's presented as, as a podcast. Um, there's two seasons, six episodes each, three stories per season. For people that might want to listen to that, what's the name? Mistletoe Murders. All right, I will check it out. Thank you. All right, yeah. now up next we've got Nick. How's it going, Nick? Hey, Denver, going well. Looking forward to Great Lakes Comic Con next week. It's their, I believe, their biggest show of the year, is it not? Uh, they do, I think, three Yep, and, and thank you for bringing that up because we interviewed Mike DeSantis, who runs the show. Yeah, uh, We interviewed him a couple days ago to give us a little uh, sneak preview. So that will actually be following this portion of uh, of the podcast. All right, Q, how are you? Hey, how's it going, everybody? I am, you know, the Q here. You have to be back in podcast form. I'm still here, you know, working and Keeping up, watching my shows, and uh, I've just been coaching basketball lately. So, I'm doing good. Let me ask you, what shows? Uh, any any that you would recommend? Any that kind of um, at the top of your list? Echo is really good. I'm uh, Percy Jackson. Yeah, really yeah, good. A- agreed. Percy Jackson is really good. Uh, if you haven't watched What If, you know they came out with a season two last oh. December. Of course, I got to mention that um, DC came out with uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earth animated movie, part one. That was good. That's really good. That was really good. That was really good. So I recommend checking that out as well. Never got your feedback. Did you see the that Aquaman sequel? You know what's so funny? I Oh, y'all going to kill me. I have not yet. That's I right. I, um, I haven't seen it either. So You didn't miss a thing. <laughs> I did just Sorry. watch the Marvels yesterday. 
And, oh, okay. How was that? Um, and I, I, I understand why people were upset with it. Yeah. I understand why people said it was good. Uh, on a scale from one to ten, I give it a six. The whole thing about Miss Marvel being Captain Marvel, the whole loner learning how to work with a team thing. Yeah. That's like every Marvel character at this point now. It was a lot of fun. My only complaint is that you had to have seen, of course, Captain Marvel. You had to see Ms. Marvel. And you had and to see WandaVision. And I just think the average viewer is not that invested to where you really wanted Watch to put that much time. <laughs> Perfect comic book experience. How many times did you read a book when you were a kid? You read a book and it made this outlandish reference to something that you would have had to buy three years ago before you even had your own money. That's what it was. That's what they gave us. Wow, thanks, Marvel. You're doing to us now as adults what you did to us as kids. Thanks. How is the uh, audience, how are the audiences reacting to this having to, I haven't seen Ms. Marvel. I saw Captain Marvel. I started watching the Marvels and they're jumping all over the place, just like in Doctor Strange at the beginning. And, you know, I'm I'm just really uh, getting disappointed in these uh, Marvels. Brad's absolutely right. It is very loyal to the comic book universe method of telling stories involving all the various characters so in that way it, it's doing what it's supposed to but does it like Denver says it's turn off the average person marvel never anticipated disney buying fox and when they bought fox that gave them deadpool the x-men and all this now if you remember because Disney didn't have mutants, they tried to introduce the Inhumans. Remember this whole thing about the Inhumans? Then all of a sudden, they just stopped with the Inhumans. And that then sucked. Like a year, yeah, I did like a year no, later. I love the book. I love the book. It, I, got, I bought it whenever I could. I even liked the series. So now I feel like, oh, well, we got all these characters. We got all the characters we wanted now. So we have to find a way to put them in there. So I think this whole multiverse thing that they're trying to do is being forced and I don't think it's I think this is we're seeing a little chink in the armor because I don't think this was well thought out it's a cash grab grab it's a cash and grab. the cash grab is the cash grab is you can't just go to the movies you had to see an old movie you had to see a TV show and you had to buy a pay streaming service in order to see the other shows the Marvel is still trying to figure out what to do without Iron Man, Captain America. They could, if I would, were in charge at Marvel, I would, first of all, I'd start making World War II Captain America movies because they could be standalone. They don't have to have all this cosmic crap. I'm, I'm just so sick of the, you know, this the multiverse, the, what's the, quantum mania. You got all these freaking, uh, you know, just right. insane scale and scope. It's like, hey. Can't, you know, what happened to Ultron kind of trying to take over the computers? That was more of my kind of a storyline rather than, uh, you know, now Kang is trying to do this. And I think they're trying to find a way because you can't just dump the X-Men in and be like, oh, well, where have you been the last 20 years? You know what I'm yeah, saying? But like, they, you can't do that. X-Men and, and Avengers and X-Men were never, X-Men were always isolated. No, but I didn't do a lot of team ups until later. No, no. 
Right, but I understand that, but you're not going to sit here and tell me that there's a catastrophic world event like a Thanos, and then the X-Men are not going to show up. When they have these giant teams, we lose the individuals as characters, and that's and, and that's why these things are so are shallow. It's just a lot of noise, a lot of stuff going on, and, and we're losing the human element. Um, look, Doctor Strange has had two movies, and in neither one of them was he master of the mystic arts. In the first one, he was learning, and the second one, Wong's master. Of the, you know, where the hell? Wong in the Avengers, he was master of the mystic arts, but right, not in, not in his own movies. I, I get what you're saying. I they made him kind of silly. You know, he's a serious character like Thor, and they make him into these silly characters, and it's well, like not everybody has to be smart-ass in these movies. You, you, you know what's so funny? I've said that about the Marvel movies all the time, but I, you know, right. I was wrong. I was just a DC hater. You know, I was just hating because I was a DC fan. But, you know, we're not going to go there. Not going to go there. A little bit of seriousness never hurt anybody. You know, it's the seriousness that's funny. So but in the first Thor movie, he was kind of more of a stoic character, and that's where the comedy came from. Not by him drinking Jack Daniels and, you know, I mean, it's just... Oh, getting it's, it's just not that character. Right. Movie audiences don't really know the Marvel characters as they are originally written for the most part. Because the movie right. versions of most of these characters are not like the comic book versions. Q, you know what I really liked, which I just Absolutely. found online, was the remake, the super dark uncut all the extra scenes justice league i thought it was a i, I thought it was a new effing movie oh the I'm slider like, cut how did i miss this yeah cut. it's a it's a, it's a completely different movie oh yeah it's an I, I watched the, I, I mean it, it took forever to watch but yeah it was this, this so much better it was awesome i see it i mean i, I, I watched batman i watched batman v superman i own Three different cuts. I've watched it at least a dozen times. I love that. And movie. yeah, but you can watch it. You can watch it, and you can watch it. And the more you watch it, the more nuances you see. Right. Um, with with all due respect, Wakanda, Wakanda forever. No, Wakanda forever stood up to two watchings. Do you know to this day I have not watched neither Black Panther twice. They're not that great. I'm sorry. I mean, no, they're not. They're not. I love movies. the character. I said this when it when Black Panther first came out. I said, yeah. and I said it for everyone. I said, let me say this for y'all because y'all at the time with the climate and the atmosphere, said I couldn't say it. The movie was okay. Everybody kept saying this movie was great, and I know why they kept saying this movie was great because at the time, nobody wanted to offend anybody. The movie was okay. It was not a hundred percent. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a hundred percent because they known that they would have gave it ninety nine. They would have called them all racist. The movie was okay. It was not as great as they're making it out to be. Right. Well, the problem for me was it was one more Marvel movie where there's a evil version of the good guy. You know, it's like and that was my problem. Well, that was my problem with the Marvel. The, the right. villain, she was terrible. She had the same old revenge story aspect, and I'm just like. Do we not have it? The best Marvel villain they've had to date was Thanos. And then right after that was uh, Ultron to me, only because James Spader played him greatly. Yeah, 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 yeah. James, yeah. If Ultron would have been any other actor besides James Spader, it probably wouldn't have worked. Name me one other Marvel villain that has been great. I liked, uh, well, the Red Skull, of course. 
he was perfect. Yeah, but he was under he was underutilized. Well, he was just in one movie, so um, he was underutilized in that one movie. I liked. Well, they had to tell the origin story as well in that movie. You know, what you mean? It was great. I was like, but I feel like they held him back. I would, I would agree with you. Most most of the early villains were just the abomination. Let's say he's a he's a bad Hulk. Uh, the Black Panther was he had a bad Black Panther. Iron Man's first villain was another guy in a suit of armor. What are, you guys are forgetting Loki and Avengers. He Loki's the, not a villain. Even, yes, he is. Loki is an Loki's an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero now. He was the villain in Avengers. He became a right. hero, anti-hero afterwards. Okay, okay, so I'll give you Loki. I'll give you Loki. Loki. Now, I agree. Marvel villains generally are terrible, for sure. But I'm just saying, you got to give right, proper credit. Okay, so, he was so likable because look, it was well-written, and, and the actor did a fantastic job of delivering Flipping sarcasm. So we're saying we're saying Loki. Uh, Mysterio was good. I that was I thought that was one of the Marvel villains. I thought they actually did a really good job with. I like the scale of that Spider-Man movie. It was a little more contained. He was. It reminded me of the old comic books a lot more. That third one. I I could appreciate the way they did Mysterio. So yeah, I'll give you Mysterio. Yeah, he was different. He was the same of, old so stuff. Out of twenty-five, what twenty-five years? Right. Marvel has only done, had what? Villain? It's funny because their greatest villain, Doctor Doom, has never been in any of their movies. Galactus has never been in any. No, Doctor Doom was in Fantastic Four, but they weren't Marvel. Well, movies. No, 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 they weren't Marvel. That was Spot. Brad, is that part of the MCU? So that's we're talking MCU. Oh, talking okay. MCU? No, no, that's fine. If all we're talking about is MCU, yeah, I know it was in Fantastic Four. It was a stupid version of them, but uh, but yeah, I mean, they're greatest villains <laughs> they've ever even used. The reason, the reason they always do Doctor Doom wrong is because they always want to give him like power, and it's like he does have magic, some magical powers, but it, it's stuff is based on technology, science, mystic magic. And you try to take the science away. That's why you always do do him wrong. You try to take the science away. You can't take the science away with Dr. Doom. He gets off on being a genius. I got to say, High Evolutionary from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was an incredible villain. You just yeah. needed the guy. You just wanted to see him, you know, at his. I would rank him okay, so up when, there toward the top. Let, yeah. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And I'm going to ask you this, and if you can't answer this question, then I'll give it to you. Did you want to see him get what was coming to him because he was a good villain? Or did you want to see him get what was coming to him because we had already been invested and fell in love with Rocket Raccoon? I think both. You know, the thing with High Evolutionary is that he wasn't on the scale of like a Thanos or one of these other guys, um, but in the the context of that movie and for those characters he was so villainous and i he think was. that's kind of, i think that's kind of what nick was talking about with the world war ii you know captain america's is it doesn't have to be some universe destroying villain to really be truly evil and to where you really hated him and you right wanted right. to see I him get this come up with right his whole his whole premise of what he wanted to do and what he was trying to accomplish was pure megalomania the the key to a really good fictional but, villain is is the embodiment of megalomania all right well so the real reason i wanted to get you guys all here was to 
actually, we kind of got off on the Marvel tangent, but I wanted us to kind of uh, pour one out, so to speak, for the Zack Snyder DC Universe, since that was the very first thing that we ever covered. As the president of the Zack Snyder Universe fan, fan club, <laughs> and the only one in this group who had faith in him in the first place. Let me, I want to play a, a, a clip from the very first episode that we ever recorded. I think it's going to be the highest grossing movie. You I think it's going to beat Avengers. I think it's going to beat all that. You guys listened. Hugh uh, was predicting that Batman versus Superman would be the, the highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, I think it fell what? a little bit short of that. <laughs> you know, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In my defense, in my defense, again, wasn't my fault. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Don't blame me. Was, I didn't do it. I didn't. I didn't. So this is what happened. Batman v Superman came out. Yeah. Everybody said it wasn't that good. And then the Snyder Cut came out, and everybody said, oh, this movie is great. Because it was a different movie. If you play the Q-tips that I did in Miami, <laughs> I remember now where's the audio on that one? <laughs> well, we're not celebrating that anniversary. We're just celebrating yeah, the anniversary. You think you got another four years for that. Avengers currently stands at... Uh, when I'm looking at the box office, all-time box office list, Avengers is the 10th highest grossing movie of all time. And I'm scrolling down, and I'm, like, down into the 70s, 80s. Oh, no. oh, wait, here we go. 81, Batman vs. Superman. So it was only 71 movies. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. Since the Snyderverse is done and over with, and we're uh, under this kind of new regime what do you guys any predictions you think this is going to be more successful than uh, snyderverse i mean if it's up to q you can probably say it's going to be worse which means it'll be good right first of all first of all <laughs> you're not gonna call for me like that yeah <laughs> second of all second of all he's just gonna try to turn into another fucking marvel so we're going to have super funny laughter all day, and it's not going to be serious. So There's a lot of superhero burnout, it seems like, though. What what was the last superhero movie that really lived up to what it, its budget? Did even Aquaman 2 do well? I don't think so. No. I know Blue Beetle did. Marvel's flopped. Uh... And Blue Beetle was great. How do we feel about Blue Beetle? I like the Shazam yeah. movies. I think those are fun, too. Shazam was um, good. Right? It's not opposed to the to the to the laughter and fun. It just depends on the character. But right. Right, when you got Joss Whedon coming in there having Batman making jokes, no, that's not what we. That's not what Batman does. Batman has no sense of humor. In no, fact, only he, in some... yeah, he, he does have a sense of Bruce Wayne has a sense of humor. He can't be a total, you know. Right? No, 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 wait, no, 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 no. Well, there's two people, man. You know better. You know better than this. Bruce Wayne and Batman are not the same people. Right. They totally are the same two separate person. guys. No. He Bruce Wayne is the mask. He is Batman. He puts Dude, on the facade. He sits in the Batcave with his cowl off and he does Batman business. So which guy is 
That doesn't even make any sense. Okay, man. Okay, man. No, don't, don't be okay. condescending, dude. You're not automatically right about everything. Jesus. Bruce Wayne is the man. Batman is who he really is. Batman has no sense of humor. Bruce Wayne is the facade. To me, to me, if Batman cracks a joke, I think that's breaking character. But if Bruce Wayne cracks the joke, you would expect that. Bruce Wayne is is a is a playboy. Bruce Wayne is a playboy businessman. In the um, the when Christian Bale says to Rutger Hauer, "I'm sorry, sir, that you can't get here," and he throws Rucker Howard's own words at him because he doesn't know that Bruce Wayne bought the company back and he, he gives him snark. I expect that from Bruce Wayne. Batman, I do not expect snark from Batman. Batman is serious justice. Bruce Wayne is a guy that has women and money and is... Uh, uh, devil may care attitude. So Batman and Superman are shooting the shit. Batman can't possibly make some kind of little funny remark to Superman. You know he would never do that. Well, he he's <laughs> made okay. he has done it in the movies. He has done it. Nick and Nick is right. Way more human than you guys are making him out to be. It's this right. the, the Frank Miller Dark Knight is really what made Batman into this brooding. Uh, character. Right. Before that, he was, okay. just, he was a regular superhero, like anybody else. I, he, I, I felt okay. The, is the Batman? Uh, is that going to be in the new DC universe? The new the Batman. That'll be Batman. in its own. No, that'll that's be in its own. own thing. See, that's yeah. why I don't like DC. They got a Superman on TV. They got a Superman in the movies. They, they just they should be more, I think, consistent. The um, Superman and the TV has been canceled, I believe. This is the I think that's the last season. The whole CW versus God. I just liked it. I I just really liked it when Gotham City was Detroit, Michigan. That's what I liked. I loved it because it got me. You know, had me had opportunity to go downtown and see stuff. That's all. Yeah. Well, that definitely does bring it back full circle to where we started ten years ago. So you're welcome. And, you know, I was watching that or listening to that first podcast and uh, it got just about as heated as it got today. Too. So, <laughs> so some things never change over 10 years. I guess we still got the magic, huh? We still got the anger anyway, that's for sure. Well, at least the no, we're all just really opinionated, which is why I think our producer put us all together. indeed indeed. all right well on that note uh let's take a quick little break and we will return with mark's interview with mike santis from the great lakes comic-con thanks guys for coming back and celebrating uh 10 years very well 10 whole years knowing you guys and uh i love you guys so forth high blood pressure and a receding hairline Hey, this is Mark with Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi. Well, folks, it's that time of the year where the Super Bowl comes and goes and we start to sink into our mid-winter depression, but hope comes right around the corner with the Great Lakes Comic Con. And as usual, joining us is the showrunner himself, Mike DeSantis, to tell us about this year's show. Take it away, Mike. Well, hello, Mark, and uh, thanks for having me. I I love the intro. That was great. Pulling you guys right out of the doldrums of, I don't know, whatever February brings here. 
But uh, no, I mean, we're hyped as always, you know, we, um, our 14th year, if you ignore the ones that we had to skip like everyone else had to. Uh, but since 2010, we've been running the show and we're moving along as always. Uh, this year, as you guys know, we typically do a theme of some kind or something that we're trying to wrap things together on. Uh, this year, what I tried to do uh, is this whole thing on anniversaries. And of course, it's not our anniversary, but, you know, uh, we looked at, you know, 2024. Well, in 1984 was the first appearance of the Transformers. So like, okay, 40 year anniversary there. Uh, we've got, uh, I don't know how much you want right now at the beginning, but I'm going to keep right on plugging along. Uh, but Noah Hathaway uh, with Never Ending Story, 40 year anniversary of that. Uh, we've got Land of the Lost, which is the 50th anniversary, because that was 1974. And of course, we have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, which was also 1984. So that's kind of how I'm trying to thread things together, if that makes sense. Uh, and I don't know if everyone knows this, but I mean, that, that that's one of the things I try to do. Uh, I just don't know how evident that is as people come to the show and they might wonder, well, why do you have this guest or that guest? Um, I, I truly do try to have some kind of thread weaving through that we celebrate something. Um, and as you said, too, if it gets people out, you know, from the gloomy, I mean, it's, uh, I was salting my driveway. It's all ice. I'm, I'm up near Romeo and uh, everything's still a sheet of ice. I don't know how it is where you guys are, but um, so it is kind of gloomy, not much sunshine every day, you know, in February. Um, but we're hoping this brings people out and that they're excited to see what we have. So, so kind of like an anniversary theme, if you would, it's just uh, did not coincide with our anniversary because next year is the 15th anniversary of the show. Uh, but that's kind of what we decided to do with it. So that's where we are. Uh, we have other guests as well, but those are kind of the main themes that we're trying to portray at this show. So uh, what are the artists that you have coming this year? Uh, so for Marvel, well, we got Bob Budiansky, who was the editor at Marvel and later the writer for the Transformers series. And he's credited with lots of stuff. I don't know how many of you are Transformers fans or people watching this, but what you know about the Transformers comes from Bob Budiansky. It was basically, from what I understand, thrown on his lap. Here are all the toys. You need to name them and come up with the storyline. And so all that stuff was devised. I don't know if it was him alone or if there's a group of people. Um, I plan on talking to him about it at the show when I meet up next weekend. Uh, but a lot of that was his, uh, he came up with the name of Megatron. He came up with the name of Starscream. And so um, that's just really cool when you're looking at the history of some of these things. Um, and then of course for Turtles, uh, we've got the, the, a lot of the original Mirage crew from the late 80s. Uh, we've got Dan Berger coming, who did a lot of the art um, on certain issues there, um, and along with uh, Turtles Adventures, Steve Levine, and we've got Jim Lawson. Uh, Jim's been at the show before. He actually did one of our variants back in 2018, uh, but then Jim's back again. Uh, we have Noah Salt coming, and Noah does the variant covers, along with Jason Moore, and you guys know Jason pretty well, uh, of the um, the Lost Years for the last Ronin series for TMNT. Um, so that's that's the big So we got Angel, Angel Medina as well. And, um, you know, the various local people, as we always say, but we love them just as much. You know, Keith Pollard's coming, Arbel Jones. Uh, no Bill Mester Lobes this year. I, I think he's taking a break from shows for a bit. Um, but otherwise, that's that's kind of the lineup right there. Okay. Um, so like, in terms of dealers, any new exciting dealers you have coming to the show? That Well, as always, I mean, we, we really try uh, to cite this as comic books and toys. I mean, we try to... Stay away from some of the pop culture. Like I said, never ending story. We've got Noah Hathaway coming. <clears throat> Excuse me. We always have our wrestling guests. Um, but we try to focus mostly on comic books and toys and the artists that are, you know, kind of in that realm as well. So we've got kind of the regular, you know, the big dealers that are coming that you're aware of. You see them all the time. Uh, we do have some other ones coming. We've got a couple coming from out of state. Um, and what's interesting too, I know this wasn't your question when it just came to mind. We actually have people coming from overseas, uh, not as a vendor. But I've already people reached out to me. Someone from Ireland is coming. 
uh, because they're a huge fan of Noah Hathaway and the Neverending Story and wants to interview him while he's here. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting what ends up happening, you know, as you're going through your emails and messages and who reaches out to you. Um, but, but yeah, we definitely owe over 150 vendors total between the artist's alley, the makers, the crafters, and the actual vendors that sell the comics and toys. So, so with the never, never ending story, are you guys going to do some kind of like sing along with the never ending story song, try, possibly do some kind of competition who can sing the best song? Right. Well, well, I will not be participating in that myself. Uh, I don't know. I actually almost think the songs will come more from the land of the lost crew. Uh, because they love that melody and they're always singing that along with, you know, the people who come to check them out. But, uh, but you know what, Mark, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. I'll let you know. And maybe we can get you in there too. I don't know. Any new challenges this year with the show? Uh, any issues, uh, hmm. anything different that, that you had to experience that, that you haven't done in the past? Not, not necessarily different. It, it's almost, I almost want to say like same old, same old, if you know what I mean by that. Uh, you know, as you know, we, we've had, a, we had a guest cancel last week. Um, and something where, you know, I mean, it, it sucks when it happens. It's awful. And it's not something you plan for. Um, but what do you do at that point? You know, and, and here we are. I was talking to you um, before we turned the camera on and started recording. Um, you know, I'm kind of responding to Facebook messages and things like that. I mentioned, um, you know, and it'd be nice to bring in a replacement because, you know, Hawking Talk means it's not coming. But it's really challenging to bring someone in seven days or less before the show. Uh, not everybody's schedule is wide open. So we do not plan on bringing a replacement. And so when you talk about challenges, that that uh, there's two big ones. Number one is that one, gas cancellations, which is out of everyone's control. Um, the second is always the weather, which is always fun. I smile and say, you know, welcome to Michigan in February, as you know. Um, last year at this time, if you recall, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. We had a major ice storm, if you remember, uh, literally like 12 hours before the show. Um, in the city of Warren, where the show takes place, everybody lost their power, uh, except the college. So that saved me from a heart attack there. Uh, but all jokes aside, um, we were able to run the show and keep it going. So I'm already looking at the weather. I have been since it was 10 days out. Looks like it's going to be okay. It's going to be a typical February day. But yeah, the challenge is really guest cancellations and the weather. Uh, and neither one. And that's why it's such a challenge. I, I can't control either of those. Uh, so you just kind of have to ride it out and hope for the best. So when you have those cancellations, does that affect like pre-sales a lot, you know, with the show? Yes, on occasion. I mean, uh, there are times we'll do photo ops, as you know, you know, and we'll say, you know, pay for photo ops ahead of time, listen to that. And then, of course, when my guest cancels or if they cancel, you have to refund those photo ops, obviously. Uh, this year, we're not doing official photo ops. It would just be photos at the guest booth. So there was nothing to refund in that respect. Um, but, you know, if someone were to reach out to me and say, you know, the only reason I was coming was for Hockey Talk Man, then, of course, we would respond and, you know, be as cooperative as we can for, you know, refunding money. Um, I don't want to force anyone to come. It doesn't want to be there, obviously. Um, but, but yeah, that can be a challenge as well. Uh, we had it last year. Uh, I don't know if you remember the guest, but we had uh, Bill Eady. We had Axe on there, one of the wrestlers. And he actually caught COVID like a few days before. So we had to cancel. So we had to refund some of those photo ops. But, but again, that's just part of the game, part of the business, you know, so. So besides running the show, we know that you're also a dealer. And so tell us a little bit about your experience dealing and how long have you been dealing? Because everyone knows you just, you know, mostly as the guy that runs these shows, but you also, like I said, sell comics. And so tell us a little bit about your experience doing that. Well, let's see. How much time do we have? <laughs> just joking. <laughs> uh, but no, I got into it. always like, what? That's awesome. Uh, don't know if my wife would agree. She's like, how long are you going to be doing this tonight? I'm like, I'm going downstairs. I'll just be a little bit. Uh, but we can go as long as we want. Awesome. Um, 
the story I tell with this, I think we all have similar stories. If you sell comic books and stuff, uh, basically the collection was getting very big and, you know, being married and having a two, you know, bedroom condo at the time, one bedroom was just the toys, uh, in comic books. So things had to go. So I started selling, this is like the mid to late nineties. Uh, so it's showing my age there, of course. Um, and I was on eBay really early, uh, way back in the day, Yahoo used to have auctions. If some of you guys remember that, if you're a dinosaur like me and I had those stores going, um, but on the positive side, it ended up doing well because, you know, people are buying and selling online all the time that I actually started accumulating inventory, which started getting bigger than the collection. And then next thing you know, what the plan was to downsize, I actually was having more, if that makes sense. Uh, so then it was, okay, well, i got to start selling at shows, this and that. And it turns into a nice little side hustle, if you will. Um, this is not my full-time job. As you guys, I'm sure are aware, I have a full-time job like many of us do. So the comic con is just kind of on the side and, and doing shows on the weekends and stuff I do on the side. Um, and so, yeah, as time went on, I just started setting up at shows. And then, uh, at that time, which was, we started in 2010. So, um, right before that, I mean, there weren't that many shows back then, if you guys were in the mix at the time. I mean, of course you had the Novi show and I think he was, might've been doing twice a year at the time. Um, Detroit Fanfare had a one or two shows at that point. Uh, there wasn't much really going on. So we decided, well, let's try it ourselves. Uh, and as you know, we started, you know, small VFW hall and it kind of grew from there. And by 2013, we went to Macomb Community College and we've been there ever since. Um, but with the big show, but we also run the small ones, as you know, at Trinity Lutheran and stuff throughout the year. Um, but yes, I do set up at shows, uh, the way the game is now, if I can call it a game, um, is of course I'm there to sell comic books, but I'm also there to promote. So if I go to, you know, Cherry Capital Pound up in Traverse City, it's a wonderful show. Um, not only am I setting up to sell my stuff, but I'm there with my flyers, I'm promoting, talking to dealers and sometimes the guests too. Um, and that's one thing I try to do because, um, right now the show is so well established. Um, it's easier getting guests now than it was even, you know, six, seven years ago, uh, because people have heard of the show and I actually have people reaching out to me, uh, honky talk, for example, uh, honky talk, he reached out to me directly. Yeah. I heard about your show. I want to come. I'm like, awesome. You know, so we brought him in. Um, but when I go to these other shows, I'm also kind of fishing for guests, talking to agents, et cetera. So it's also part of the networking now. So, so yes, I do set up at shows. I do sell my stuff. Um, but it's also kind of intertwined also with, you know, Great Lakes Comic Con. Also, when you're setting up at shows and trying to promote your other shows, those showrunners are really receptive to you promoting those shows, correct? I mean, they... Sure. I mean, well, it's uh, on the show. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, slide in like a snake and do whatever. I mean, I always talk to the promoter. Do you mind if I do this? Uh, some say yes, some say no. And of course, if they say no, I mean, I... I mean, I'll keep stuff in my booth. When somebody buys something, I'll slide something into the bag. I feel that that's, you know, allowed. But I won't set stuff out on tables and, you know what I'm saying, go around and actively try to, you know, recruit people. Um, but there are many, I mean, I've, I've got some really close friends now that are showrunners in other shows just because we kind of connect. And then they, you know, they uh, send me the flyers. There's a pulp show in uh, Pennsylvania uh, that, you know, he sends me his flyers. I'll have him on display at my show in February next week. Uh, and he'll have a bunch of my flyers when he does his show in July. So it shouldn't be so a problem if they're not, they're not all on the same day. Right. I mean, that's. Well, yeah, of course. And, and I always tell, I mean, I, I know I've talked about, I repeat myself a lot, I guess. And a lot of these talks I have with people, but I'm a firm believer. There's enough room in the sandbox for everybody to play. I really mean that sincerely, but there's a caveat. If it's the same weekend as another show, then we have a problem. Um, if it's the same vicinity as another show and the same weekend. So that's where I'm kind of like, yeah, sure. If you're out of the zone or out of the region, or if you're just an entirely different month, 
I mean, what's the problem? I mean, there's enough room for all of us to play. And, and this is where I get my little, I don't know, pet peeves, but I, I'll say a pet peeve. I kind of roll my eyes up when, you know, people do try to challenge you. I don't know how else to say it, but there are shows that will try to put their show as close to yours as possible. And, and maybe it's an accident. Maybe they just don't look at the calendar, but sometimes I feel like, like, what are they trying to do? You know? Um, and so I, I try to be very mindful of that. I mean, go, going back to, like I said, to 2010, when I first started the show, um, <clears throat> And this, I don't know how, again, what your ages are or the ages of the viewers who are watching this, but back at that point, uh, there was only one show for, I mean, there were little ones here and there, but the regular show in the area is the one in Livonia, which still exists, as you're aware. And it was always on Sundays. So that's when we started doing Great Lakes. We're like, you know what? We don't want to compete and we can't compete with that, nor do I want to. That's why we started doing Saturdays. The whole point was if we do a Saturday, there is no way we will have a scheduled conflict. Uh, and we're a good hour or so away from that show anyway. Um, and that's when we started doing sh- Saturdays. And, and like I said, this was 2010, 2011. There was actually pushback from people because people were so used to the shows just being on Sunday. It's like, well, wait, why are you doing them on Saturdays? Um, and so I thought that was interesting. And of course, now they're on Saturdays and Sundays or whatever these days. Um, but it was just interesting that I feel like we were one of the first to start doing them regularly on Saturdays. Um, and like I said, there, there was some pushback. I mean, not in an overly negative way, but just People asking the question, like, wait, I thought Comic-Cons were always on Sundays um, for the small local shows. Um, and we're like, well, yeah, some are, but this one's on Saturday. So so when you say there's a lot of shows, I, I feel like we should all be able to get along. Um, and I think we do overall. Um, but the concern I would have is, yeah, if you're setting up, you know, two blocks away, you know, the weekend before, weekend after, weekend of, that I feel is kind of foolish. Because all, all you're doing is it's hurting each other, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, now customers and dealers have to make a decision. You know, am I going to this show or that show? Which one am I going to go to? And and I think that kind of hurts what we're all trying to do, which is to, you know, promote comic books, promote toys and and get people, as you mentioned, and I got to add it on to it, but getting them out of the doldrums of, hey, it's February, it's Michigan. Oh, I can go have some fun over here. Um, so again, long-winded response, but that, that's where I am with that. Yeah, I'm going to a Toledo Fantastic Con. Oh, there. yeah, that's right. That's coming up. I'm definitely going to that. And I'll be, uh, have you guys ever gone to Cherry Capital up in Traverse City? No. And so what, that is my favorite show, even more than mine. <laughs> they do such a great job up there. Um, Who down here? I know Brad goes to that, right? Is Brad? Yeah, Brad goes. Uh, Jason Moore is usually there as a guest. Um, it's not, I'm trying to think of how to say this. Um, it, it's a comic book show, but they usually just have one or two guests. Like last year, I think they had like Ron Mars and Daryl Banks or something, but they have a lot of local artists who come and set up and the guy who runs it is, is, is an artist himself. So it's more focused on like the independent artists uh, for the vendors area, though, the comic book dealers. It's usually me, Brad, Todd Lang, and there's like maybe two others. Like there isn't a ton of comic book dealers there, um, but it's a very fun show. They do a great job with it. Have you so, ever been to Lang's store over there? In- I had, yeah, I was the road to the I was just there like a week ago. <laughs> he, he almost owns that whole mall. I mean, that, I know. It's like, it's real. It's awesome. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. But anyway, yeah, he's a good, and it's a great destination. It's always Memorial weekend. You know, yeah. the weather's decent. Go up there. And anyway, yeah. we've yeah. talked about, we're going to start trying to hit more Ohio shows, mm-hmm. you know, coming up. Uh, Cause it just, I personally want to go down there. Cause I, I want to see some of the dealers that are from the South, you know, and, where I we're also have you ever do you, have you done Hero Heroes Con in Charlotte? I've I've gone to it. I've not set up at it. Um, I feel like it's way out of my league. I mean, those deal. Have you gone there? 
No, no. Uh, we met okay. Shelton at uh, at the um, the uh, Gem City show last year. Okay. And yeah, uh, there's lots of big wigs. I mean, you, you you go there like you know how Todd Lang has like four city blocks when he sets up his stuff at you know Motor City or something. Just about every dealer is like that at Heroes Con. You go, they've got fifty longs. They've got all these comics that are like you know. Amazing Fantasy 15, two or three on the wall, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can't compete with that personally, so I, I don't set up there. But I went, I've only gone once, though, but I, I loved it. I, I can't wait to go again. I usually tag along with Jason more because Jason's okay. a guy. You just go there as a guest, I see. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm his plus one, so I get the hotel room. I got to sleep on the floor, but at least, hey, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> well, they get some good stuff. That's what I want. The other one is I've done the fanboy shows. I'm not fan expo, but fanboy uh, we did a Knoxville show again. Jason was a guest and I went with him and that was fun too. I mean, it's yeah. It's good, good, get out a little further from the region or the zone. And, and yeah, exactly. exactly. that's what I do too. So I'm handing out flyers and what's cool about it. I was at the um, heroes con and people heard of the show. I was talking to a guy who was from Florida and I handed him a flyer. He's like, Oh, I heard about that show. And I'm like, I was on like cloud nine the rest of the weekend. I'm like, Oh, someone heard of the show. Uh, you know, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm at that point where I keep seeing a lot of the same dealers up here and it's, yeah, you know, if they don't get any new stuff, it's like, and I'm looking for specific things and, you know, so it's harder to find stuff now these days and I'm, I need to venture out further out to get, you know, look for that stuff. Yeah. Cause the other thing I've been doing is I've been going to a Milwaukee show every other year. There's one in green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try to go somewhere where it's like, you know, a day of travel. Like I don't want to drive and, have to stay overnight somewhere and drive like like heroes kind of had to do that it was 11 hours you can't do that at one stint um but green bay wasn't bad it was about seven hours um and that's a great show um that's thanksgiving weekend um but there aren't a lot of comic books the reason i say it's great there's only like me and three other dealers there um all the rest are just knickknacky stuff um but i do very well at that show um same thing with the milwaukee show so yeah there's other stuff out there it's kind of that's what it seems like a lot of shows have turned into, like you said, the knickknacky type stuff. And the Motor City was starting to turn into that. But this last one, I don't know, did you go to the one in the fall? I, I haven't gone to the fall. Yeah, yet. that one, they they actually started bringing in more dealers again, more comic dealers, because they were getting a lot of criticism. What happened was I reached out to Reese Comics on Facebook and asked them, are you guys coming to this next show? And they said, we're not coming back to Motor City until he only does one show a year and he and he brings more dealers in there because it wasn't worth their time because they do a lot of buying too and the last mm-hmm. time they were here they they couldn't buy much you know they didn't sell as much because i i wanted to see them because they had really high quality stuff that i was looking for and they told you know they just outright like kind of dissed motor city saying we're not coming back to that show and a lot of people saw that post because it was on a like a uh, it was on like a public forum and i'm I'm sure Motor City must have got wind of that because that next, you know, the next show, they've like, they added like 10 new comic dealers into the show. And it just seemed like it was a little different this last time than it was previous years. That's where I'm doing myself. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I try to read comic book and toy dealers, you know. Yeah. Um, I have a few, I'm not into this at all, but I know my daughter is. I do have a a few anime dealers coming in. So, well, I'm going to see how that goes, um, just like how the clientele responds to it. Because as I always talk about, I mean, you, me, you know, Debra, we're kind of close in age. I'm, I'm 52. I don't know how old you guys are. 53. Um, but I see the great year. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, I, but I think about this, that, you know, we're all into those comic books of like the 70s and 80s, but we're, we're the old folks. You know, what's going to bring the younger people in? And uh, 
Well, well, I was it, but I was talking about there's a lot of these people selling their little trinkets, and it felt like an art fair more than than actually you know a comic con. Right. And you know what? I do have a couple of those coming in, but you do have to just have to try to limit them. It's almost yeah. like the pop stealers. I mean, if you start letting pop stealers in who just do pops, you could have a whole show of just pops everywhere. You know, so I try to limit that as well. Um, anyway, yeah, it's just trying to focus on the comics and toys. And that's kind of the reputation I'm trying to build, uh, which I think it's it's getting there. You know, people like, you know, Heroes Con, their reputation is it's just comic books. You know, and I think Gem City is trying to do that as well, where it's mm-hmm. just comic books. Um, that's the same thing I'm trying to do. Um, although I do bring in the wrestler because we do have our, you know, lots of customers who come just for the wrestlers. Um, but I'm trying just to make it a comic book show. Um, but when you do that, I mean, I'm not going to get 20,000 people, unfortunately. I wish I would. I wish I would. You know, I think I think if I drag my wife to a show, I'm looking at comic books. She's going to go look at that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you don't have any of that, I think that can. Well, be you awesome. should have some, but yeah, it just seemed like yeah. the, the balance was getting a little off right there with the, all, all that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, uh, yeah, I heard Motor City's, uh, I heard the October show is not that strong at all. I, I think they're trying too hard to do two shows a year. Yeah. And that's, that it's, and I don't know if that's just a territory thing, you know, if they're trying to compete with Grand Rapids or maybe something else that's happening at that time, or if it, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think a lot of people save their money for the show and let's say they blow it all in May or whatever. It's, it's really tough. I think for a lot of people to save up again for an October show, uh, dealers and attendees. I mean, those booth prices are not cheap. You know, so, so we'll see, we'll see. I mean, they did it for a while, then they stopped and now they're trying to build it up again for a, you know, fall show, but we'll see. Okay. Well, we don't want to keep you all day, uh, Mike. So the show is next week, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Where can people get tickets at uh, online? Where would they go? Uh, so go to our website, greatlakescomiccon.org or greatlakescomicconvention.com. Uh, I've got different URLs. They all filter in the same place. Uh, but it's through Eventbrite. The link is on the page. Uh, you don't have to buy tickets in advance. Uh, you can We sell them at the box office, $20 admission for each day. Uh, kids 10 and under are free. And um, if you want, I mean, the only thing the advanced ticket does is it usually gets you in there a little quicker uh, because we hit that line. I mean, we've got different lines that, you know, one takes cash, credit card, whatever. But the advanced ticket holders, those usually go quicker to get them at the, the venue. I'm looking at, uh, we got our program started for the show. And Noah Salt, who is the artist that I mentioned earlier, on last road in lost years, Jason Morris, the inker. Uh, and uh, so we got the cover for the Comic-Con uh, program here. And notice how we left a lot of blank space on the outside. So the idea is, you know, signatures, remarks, whatever you need to do. And then for fun on the back, I haven't shown this yet, but I'm, I'm actually going to be posting this on social media in the next couple of days. So I'm not sure when this video is going to come out. So I don't know if you'll preempt that or if I'll post it before you guys do this. But uh, we have developed our own characters for the show. And we call them the Great Lakes Kids. And um, just kind of my own little brainchild there. And Jason Moore helped out with, you know, the, the how they look. And we usually draw them as little kids, of course. Well, I asked Noah Salt, the artist, can you draw me the, you know, Great Lakes Kids as the Ninja Turtles? So these are the Great Lakes Ninja Turtles, I think is what I have. <laughs> or Teenage Mutant, they're not turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Great Lakes Kids. And copyright, just kidding. Um, there's a cat there too, because there's obviously four turtles. We only have the three kids. Um, I have concepts for others. I mean, and this was something originally I was trying to come up with a concept for like a comic book of some kind. Um, I still have some ideas for it, but I don't know if I'm there yet to try and do it. Um, but we added a cat in the family. So apparently the cat is sitting here as well. So Noah Salt drew this, uh, Jason Moore inked it, and my daughter, Madeline DeSantis, actually colored it for us. My daughter's an artist. Um, oh, she's and she, the inker, huh? <laughs> yeah, she's, 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 the, she's the colorist. She's the colorist. colorist yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so kind of a proud dad moment here, too. Um, but this is the show program. As you know, we always do the oversized program, which I know drives the comic book collectors crazy, but this is what we do. It holds part info. Uh, but show passes are on there. These are things I had online as well. You know, we've got The Last Road, and these are all by Seth Demos, wonderful artist, to be a guest at the show as well. Got it. And of course, that reflects our passes always reflect the guests. So obviously, we got Last Road and artist Noah Salt at the show. So we've got uh, even though Noah didn't draw this one, but that's conceptualized off of that. Megatron, so we got Bob Budiansky, right? Early involvement with the Transformers. And then, of course, Falcor, the Luck Dragon from the NeverEnding Story. So, again, just trying to hit all the different spots. Uh, but yes, next Friday and Saturday, so February 23rd, 24th, McComb Community College, South Campus, as always. And uh, I'll be there smiling and happy and hoping for a great show and a great turnout. And I'm sure I'll see you guys there as well. Well, thanks a lot, Mike, and uh, appreciate you joining us. And this is Mark with Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi with Mike DeSantis of the Great Lakes Comic Con. That's it for this episode of the Comics, Beer, and Sci-Fi podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. <laughs>